The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Partnerships, Changing the Game for Digital Transformation, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they will discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you are absolutely in the right place talking about exciting new directions. This is Partnerships, Changing the Game for Digital Transformation. A lot to talk about. Let's see what the buzz on the street is. Well, the buzz actually today is a quote from J.J. Abrams. Anybody who's been hiding under a rock, it's Jeffrey Jacob, J.J. Abrams, Abrams, born 1966. He's an American film and TV producer, screenwriter, director, actor, composer, a little bit busy, the director director of Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens, and we're hoping to awaken a lot of good inspirational business strategies and thoughts in our audience today. Here's the quote. I don't think I have a signature. Well, I don't know if he's talking about a production signature or a composing signature or an acting signature, but the word signature is the key here. So what are we talking about today? We're saying your business Wherever you are in the world, however mature your business is, how big it is, whatever your industry, whatever your global or local footprint, you can improve your interactions, your experiences, and your data collection. That's probably the most important to you right now through digital transformation. But while you're looking at things like, okay, we have NDAs, non-disclosures, we have SOWs, we have contracts, we have agreements, regulatory compliance, purchasing contracts, and you're trying to make everything more transparent because that's That's what your shareholders demand. That's what the regulators demand. Everything seems to come down to that bottom line. And what is it? It's a signature. How do you get it today? I bet you most of your signatures require somebody somewhere printing a physical document, picking up a pen. Maybe you require black ink. Signing it, then what do they do? They have to scan it or they have to mail it. They have to do something and put it back in the process. So think about this. The process is digital. Once you exit it, just to print and sign a document. People get frustrated. It's inefficient. It adds costs. It adds time. It adds length to the process. So is it possible today to streamline the process, what I'll call the John Hancock part, some of you might want to call it the Jill Hancock, for everyone's benefit? That's our topic today, and we have a great panel. Let me tell you who they are before we hear from them, and then we'll get started. First up on the panel, I'm very pleased in a moment to welcome Mark Register. That's right, Register, just like it sounds. He's a Senior VP of Business Development and Channels at DocuSign, Inc. You may have heard of from them, heard of of them. We'll have Mark a little later in the show tell us just a little what I call the 60-second elevator pitch on what DocuSign is up to today. Joining him on the panel is Brian Ebley, E-B-L-E, IT Director for the Legal Risk Management and Talent Portfolios within the Core Business Services IT Services 
service delivery team. That's a big business card, Brian. At EY, <laughs> shout out to all of our friends at EY. EY is frequently a guest on all of our Game Changer series. We're delighted to welcome Brian today. He's a newbie to Game Changers. And rounding out the panel, another newcomer is Michael Gray, Senior Director, Global Partner Manager at SAP. So we have a great panel. Great minds think alike, and great minds are thinking today. So let's start off with, let's see, Mark Register sent me a quote from Wayne Gretzky. Come on, you know, the Canadian former professional ice hockey player and former head coach who played 20 seasons, yes, with the National Hockey League for four teams from 1979 to 99, called the great one and the greatest hockey player ever who holds 60 NHL records. Wow. Here's the quote Mark has selected. It's a frequently used quote, but it's very important for today. This is the quote from Wayne Gretzky. I skate to where the puck is going to be, not where it has been. Mark Register, welcome to Game Changers. How are you today? Great, Bonnie. Thanks. Uh, Terrific to be with you today. Wonderful to have you join us. Tell me, are you a big hockey fan? Where does Wayne Gretzky sit on your shelf of uh, of notables in the sports world? Well, you know, as a a fellow Commonwealth citizen coming from Australia, I uh, I wasn't into hockey, but I'm into sports. And uh, everybody in the Commonwealth knew all about Wayne Gretzky. And that quote just sums up absolutely where I've been in my career and, and the world of electronic signature and digital transformation for me. So... So tell me you know, something. Where Where is that puck going to be? I skate to where the puck is going to be. Where has the puck been? Let, let's talk a little bit about our opening topic just briefly. Our topic is e-signatures. They're bogging down the process. How can you digitally transform? Mark, if you still have to print the damn document out and have somebody sign it and give it back to you. So how, how where is the puck going to be? Tell us. And that's, that's the fascinating part. I mean, I think most people have had experiences with doing uh, – household mortgage or, you know, buying and selling a house, think about the amount of paperwork uh, that you have in that process um, and then think about an alternative way to do that with electronic signature. Now, I had that experience myself where I had to fly back from overseas to close on a house, sign the 300 pages of paper, um, oh. jump on a plane, go back to Frankfurt again. And then the next house that we bought... Uh, we did it through uh, an electronic signature process, digital transaction management. Uh, and I signed for that house actually from a beach in Australia because we were on holiday at the time. So that experience as a user uh, not only sped up the process, it cost me personally a heck of a lot less to mm-hmm. be able to get that process digitally completed versus in paper. And the opportunity for me as a user was my experience was much, much better. Uh, I felt better about the company that I was working with from a mortgage perspective. I felt better about the process. It closed a lot faster. And I think if you apply that to anything in business, onboarding and offboarding, for example, in terms of employees, the better the experience, the cleaner, the simpler the experience, the sort of better compliance, that's what it's all about. That's about creating value for everybody. So, yeah, that's, that's where I feel the puck is going to be. We're at the very beginning of this journey. There's a huge opportunity out there in terms of improving people's experience with this whole process of transaction. So. 
Thank you, Mark. Very interesting. And I like the way you positioned it from the consumer POV, you as the purchaser of a piece of property, you as the traveler, you as the vacationer. And when I started out talking about how can companies simplify it, I ended up saying, how can you streamline the process for everyone's benefit? And you brought that full circle. So I thank you. Great story, by the way. And congratulations on however many houses you've signed for (laughs) electronically. We've moved a lot. (laughs) I I can tell. I can tell. Well, it almost sounds like a dream come true not to have to travel back across an ocean or two to sign a a piece. I keep saying damn piece of paper. No disrespect meant to anyone. But after a while, I think you're cursing the paper. I have uh, friends who don't have a printer. They're not that tech savvy and they have to do something, sign something. So they come to me and they have to figure out how to email to me or forward the messenger. And I, being a kind-hearted soul and having an HP monthly contract where the ink is supplied whenever it thinks the printer is low on ink, which is very often and I have plenty of paper I print it then I get then they say we need to send it well I don't have a fax machine anymore so I print it out I give it to them or I photograph you know you know you know Mark it's just painful and old-fashioned so thank you for the use case I just added to now let's welcome our friend from EY Brian Ebley IT director for my goodness what a big title let's just say he's in CBS the (laughs) core business services IT service delivery team at EY Brian has sent us a quote from JD Salinger let me just give a little background here come on somebody must have read something by Salinger in high school Jerome David JD Salinger 1919 to 2010 he left us not that long ago was an American writer widely known for his novel, The Catcher in the Rye. Uh, Interestingly enough, he led a very private life for more than 50 years after publishing Catcher in the Rye and very, very very well-known short stories. He published his final work in 1965. Catcher in the Rye, by the way, was published in 1951, an immediate popular success. If anybody hasn't read it, it was about adolescent alienation and the loss of innocence in the character of the protagonist, Holden Caulfield. I'll just let you think about that. It sold over 250,000 copies a year. That's successful. Here's the quote. I love this quote, Brian. You're going to have to explain it. Quote from J.D. Salinger, people always clap for the wrong reasons. Brian Ebley, welcome to Game Changers. How are you today? Great, Bonnie. Thanks. Glad to be here and appreciate the, the opportunity. We appreciate your coming. I've never heard this quote. I've talked to thousands of people here on Game Changers for over five years. This is a new one. So tell us, <laughs> are you a big follower sure, of the catcher sure. or the rye? You're drinking rye. Talk to me. And how does the quote reply to our yeah. topic? Yeah, and I, I'm obviously a big J.D. Salinger fan, and uh, not for his reclusive ways, but for his writing. Um, but no, the, the quote comes to mind because of when we do talk about this this topic, a lot of people have an initial reaction of like, oh, cool, you know, it's less paper. Um, and, you know, that's kind of, you could clap to that if you want. Um, but really the way that you look at it from a consumer and you look at it even from a business is this is the way that people want to experience things. They want it to be easy. That's all. I mean, you know, Mark's example was great. It was all about ease of use. Um, you know, my even example is simply, I, we, I travel a lot. Uh, I'm sure a lot of us do. Um, I'm actually not at my hometown right now. So one of the taxi companies and one of the places that I work very frequently still has those old carbon paper thingies for credit card use. Mm-hmm. Um, some of our listeners probably don't even remember those things, but I'm sure a lot of us do. You know, they have to rub I it over your credit card. I do. Yep. So it takes, it, and it takes forever. That's the biggest thing. So you get to the airport, and the first thing you want to do is just run out and go. And now they have to take this concoction out. Um, they give you this dirty carbon paper, and 
you know, eventually you get it, you sign it, you probably lose it, so you never actually expense it. And um, it's just terribly inconvenient. And it's really a bad experience. There's other though, taxis there that just have it on their phone. They hand you their phone, there's an amount on it, you sign it with your finger, and you get an email. It takes about 10 to 20 seconds. And it's fantastic. And it's gotten to the point where I, and I'm sure others, avoid the other companies. Uh, we purposely don't go there because the experience is bad. And it's something that people might look at as very simple, like, oh, it's, you know, it's just a piece of paper and it's just a digital signature. Mm-hmm. But I want ease of use. I want convenience. You know, everything is right there for me. And it's quick. Um, you know, it's much faster. Um, you know, in a previous example, you don't have to fly around the world for your, for your signing of your mortgage payments. Um, but it's the same thing even on smaller things. And it's what we come to expect in kind of the consumer world, and we really need to apply it now into the business world more. Uh, and typically, you know, the business world tends to be a little bit behind at times, uh, but people more and more these days, you know, everyone expects it to be a similar experience. And quite honestly, it's the same thing there in that you lose business. You know, companies will not continue to survive if they can't continue to transform and, and take away, you know, some of these digital experiences and apply them in their own organization. Like we said earlier, could it be in the recruiting process is really, really key because that's your first real contact and experience with, with your company mm-hmm. if you're an employee or a potential employee. So these are the things that when I say, you know, you're clapping at the wrong thing, you know, it's good. It's good for the environment, right? Less paper. Um, I'm one of those people who don't own a printer, but more I would say because I am tech savvy and I just have no use for it. Um, and I hate it. So these are kind of the things that, you know, as we look at it, that, you know, that we're trying to move towards and really where, you know, where is this going? It's, it's just becoming the expectation. And if you're not there, you're going to just, you know, start to fall away. Um, you know, you're going to fall in the land of the archaic dinosaurs um, and not move on. Uh, you know, you don't, it's similar to, you know, how often do you write a check versus send money electronically these days? Um, right. I don't even know where my checkbook is. It's, it's a very similar <laughs> thing. And if you're a company that only accepts checks, you know, people are just going to start to avoid it after a while. And yeah, it's just not the way forward. So I think that's very. kind of the key thing here as we look at this and create the experience. Thank you, Brian. Interesting. I just finished a show an hour ago with our, our uh, sponsor at SAP, Larry Stoley. The show is the series, The Future of Cars with Game Changers. And we were talking about the future of automotive, of course, self-driving, self-correcting, self-this, self-that, fully connected cars. And Larry likes to say for predictions, it's a question of the digital versus the dinosaur. I think that would apply here. I think that's where you're trying to take it. Brian, very interesting. And you added to, interestingly enough, to what Mark Register said a minute ago. I was thanking him for bringing in the consumer use case, convenience and ease versus or alongside the corporate side. And now you've brought in the expensing side. If you have receipts and you need to expense them as part of your job. So we brought employee convenience and you talked about job candidates as well, as well as customer loyalty. This is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, this population. Brian, thank you. And now let's bring on Michael Gray, Senior Director, Global Partner Manager at SAP. And Michael has brought us a quote from General George S. Patton, 1885 to 1945, senior officer in the U.S. Army who commanded the U.S. 7th Army in the Mediterranean and European theaters of World War II, and he led troops in the Mediterranean theater with an invasion of Casablanca 
during Operation Torch in 1942. Very interesting. Uh, and he also commanded the 7th Army during the Allied invasion of Sicily, where he was the first Allied commander to reach Messina. Those of you geography buffs who like to track where the wars were, let's hope we don't have any more. General George S. Patton said the following, and I quote, Accept the challenges so that you may fell the exhilaration of victory. Ooh, that sounds very heavy duty. Michael Gray, welcome to Game Changers. How are you today? Very good, Bonnie. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. We have to do a shout-out to Pamela Dunn, who invited you all to the panel. So Pam is listening, and Pam, you can tweet your tussies off here. I think she already is at Pamela Dunn, D-U-N-N-4. Thank you, Pam. So, Michael, tell me about this quote. You're going to have to interpret it for me, please. <laughs> well, first, uh, pick Patton, because I'm kind of a history buff. I always love how at almost any point in human history, you can find an individual who uh, took on the challenge, took the risk, thought outside the box, whatever or story you want to say, uh, that changed the world, right? Fundamentally, uh, in World War II, if you, uh, he did things that everybody said could not be done. And I, you know, this really kind of comes back to the world that we live in today, which is digital transformation. Our customers, our com- companies are trying to uh, change the way they're doing business and the primary thing they're looking at is they're looking at the consumer, right? Mm-hmm. In our consumer life, everything's become highly digital, highly personalized, easy to use. That experience people are taking to their jobs and are expecting the same type of experience. Well, companies are coming to us and saying, well, we want to be able to do that too. However, change is hard, Right. Doing something different is difficult. Trying to innovate is uncomfortable. And so I think about this very much as, you know what? You know you got to do it. Accept it. Accept the challenge. Step up. Figure out digital transformation for your enterprise. And I tell you, you'll be, you'll be satisfied. You'll come out excited, exhilarated, and the rewards will pay. I like that. Excited and exhilarated. We didn't have any really, really upbeat words so far in the conversation. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Very, very interesting. I think we've, we've done a good job of expanding what the topic is. I'm going to circle around the panel right now. This is the part of the show where we get a little bit up close and personal, not too much, gentlemen. And I ask you where you're calling from. If you want to tell me what the weather is briefly, that's fine. I'm in New York and it's pluing. It's rainy and gloomy again. Uh, and I'd love to know what's in your cup today if you're drinking something that makes you smile. If not, what would you rather be drinking? And tell me what time of day it is in case it's something that's not suitable for 12 noon where I am here in New York. So let's go back to Mark Register. Where are you and what's in your cup today, Mark Register? Uh, I'm in the East Bay area and uh, I'm actually sitting in an ark that I've just built because I think we've had about three or four inches of rain in the last little while. So so much for the California drought. I know it was there, but I don't think it's there anymore. So... Um, and it's about 9.20 in the morning here, and so I have a coffee, a flat white sitting there. Now, my little story on the beverage is when we first shifted to the U.S., uh, Australia's got a great coffee culture, an, an incredible coffee culture. And uh, we used to drink flat whites over in Australia, which is a variation of a latte. It's got no foam. It's got great microfoam and terrific creamer on the top. So... Australia prepared these great flat whites. We get to Boston, ask for a flat white at the local Starbucks. No idea what it was, so we just ended up drinking lattes. And now, about 
how many years later, 10, 12 years later, Starbucks introduces flat whites at an upcharge of another dollar. And so there's, there's a company who's <laughs> taken a great idea, has made some profit out of it, and I can't help myself but to pay the extra money for that flat white because it just tastes so much better. So that's what's in my coffee cup today, a flat white. What does it taste like? I have to know. Well, how is it so different that it's worth the upcharge? Well, it's a lot smoother. So what they've got to do is they've got to, if they do it well, and this is the trick, you've got to find a great barista. So not, not every cafe can make a good flat white. But it's all about the microphone uh, that sort of sits. It's very complex here. Instead of that great big dollop of foam that often gets mm-hmm. put on the top of a cappuccino, yeah. if you can prepare the milk really, really well, got this microphone sort of the, that a good barista can get out and blend right into the into the flat white. Awesome. And it's also about the cream of the, the sort of the, uh, the espresso. So you've got to try it, but preferably jump on a plane, fly all the way to <laughs> Melbourne, and then have one in Melbourne. That would be my recommendation. Oh, you are so interesting and so kind. I'm afraid to go anywhere. They might not let me back in. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Really, really not going to travel right now. Anybody who wants to know more about Flat White, just put in Flat White into your Google, whatever browser you love the most, and go to Wikipedia. There are pictures. There are almost demonstrations. It's almost like YouTube. Thank you very much, Mark. Appreciate it. Brian Ebley, where art thou right now? And what are you drinking, or what would you like to be drinking? Sure. Uh, I'm in London, so it's a little bit later in the day for me. Uh, it's actually almost dark out, so it's, uh, it's getting to the point where um, yeah, the pub's calling, uh, but uh, not quite yet. So uh, I, I was, uh, I'm not much of a coffee drinker, so I needed the caffeine. Uh, so actually, I'm drinking Mountain Dew because that was the, the most caffeine content I could find, and that was mainly because uh, I made an attempt to stay up and watch the Super Bowl, which really started Monday morning, essentially, for me. Uh, made it past halftime to about 2 a.m., and that was about it. So still trying to uh, give myself a caffeine boost to, to make it through the remainder of the day. And you missed all the excitement, which happened in the fourth quarter and the first time ever I in did. 51 Super Bowls. It was overtime. Yes, uh, yes, love them or reminding me. <laughs> You're welcome. Love, love them or hate. Well, you did see the Gaga halftime show, I hope. Yes. Uh, yes, I did. I, I got the, I got through the halftime show and I had every intentions of watching the entire game and then suddenly woke up, thought it was over and that the Falcons <laughs> had won, checked, checked my uh, phone and realized I probably missed one of the best games ever, but hey, it happens. <laughs> hey, you can probably find pieces of it on YouTube and you know what, as I think Yogi Berra said, it ain't over till it's over and it ain't over till some kind of lady sings and we'll leave that one alone. Hope he's not talking about me. Thank you, Brian, <laughs> and go get your caffeine kick and now let's turn to Michael Gray. Where are you, Michael, and what are you drinking today or what do you wish you were drinking? Well, I'm in rainy Chicago. I don't know if we have as much rain as uh, the Bay Area, but um, it's a gloomy, rainy day here. And it's coming up at noon, but I'm still drinking coffee. Uh, My favorite thing really is pumpkin spice. I know it's February. Mm. I should be ashamed of this, but I am a big fan as soon as Starbucks comes out with pumpkin spice every fall, I am in line. I got the creamer. I got the, ca- I got the lattes. I got the instant lattes. I love pumpkin spice coffee. So that's my favorite, and it's what I have as often as I can get it. I know we're running out of time. It's, not, it's no longer in the grocery store shelves. 
So I think I'm actually down to my last bit of pumpkin spice creamer as it is. Well, I know you can buy pumpkin spice coffee pods all year long because I Googled them and there's Green Mountain and there's pumpkin spice brand and Keurig has them and Duncan has them and Victor Allen's coffee has them and Gavalia has them and Coffee Escapes has them. So you're just going to have to get yourself the pods and, and add a little, you know, you could buy pumpkin spice in a shaker in, in the spice aisle. Did you know that, Michael? I did. In so, the- so I'm not the only one who loves my pumpkin spice lattes then, huh? Oh, I, 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 make, I make pumpkin spice chocolate chip cup cakes and sweet bread and i gotta tell you that's a treat all year long maybe i'll send you some to go with your coffee listen everyone they don't let me have caffeinated beverages on radio show days and i think the three of you have figured out why i have a cool clear mug with water just cool water and i have a pink straw kind of orangey in hopes that the sun will return here to long island new york and to chicago where michael is and anybody else who needs sunshine we're just wishing hoping and praying for you listen we're talking today about a very interesting topic this affects you whether you're in business, whether you're a consumer, you got to be in one or the other. Even if you're sitting home all day, once in a while, somebody asks you to sign something. If you're a creature of digital transformation in the digital age, even with one toe in that digital pool, you know what a pain it is to have to sign and what color ink and what do you do with the document and do you have to make copies and send it back and get receipts? Oh, my, oh, my. Proliferation of paper. They told us, I think, in the late 1990s, before the, the scary 2000, the big y, Y2K, that we were going to have a paperless society. They lied. But right now we're trying to make it more paperless, and we're talking today about all aspects of digital transformation with e-signatures. We're going to look beyond the obvious when we come back. My special guests are Mark Register at DocuSign, Brian Ebley at EY, Michael Gray at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and I think I still will be after the break. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Pam Dunn, you can take a break with us too. Kevin out. The digital world is moving faster than ever, and the future will be defined by how quickly business leaders adapt to accelerated ongoing change. The definition of future success is being shaped by many factors, such as more digitally demanding employees, customers, and partners, an increasing variety of digital devices, resource scarcity coupled with data abundance, and demand for innovation to help the world run better and improve people's lives. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how moving to the digital world can lead to a better future for everyone. Partnerships, changing the game for digital transformation is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. Listening to Partnerships, Changing the Game for Digital Transformation, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Partnerships, Changing the Game for Digital Transformation. Yes, indeed. We're back with Mark Register at DocuSign, Brian Ebley at EY, Michael Gray at SAP. We're just about to start our roundtable, but let me just go around the table quickly and find out what each of you are up to in terms of this brave new world of digital signatures. Mark Register at DocuSign, why don't you give us a one-minute overview of where is this science going, DocuSign, and then Brian, EY, and then Michael, SAP. Mark? Uh, Bonnie, this is our space. I mean, the whole world of electronic signature and the compliance is sort of uh, being able to understand the entire transaction 
people having confidence that when they go to sign a document that they know that the service is going to be available, um, the, all of the different data that surrounds that transaction is known and is available so that you know that when someone has transacted that document, that um, you know, approval, uh, that onboarding document, that it is them, that they've done it in a, uh, in a way that you can understand and that they can get back to later on. And this whole world, I think we're at the very beginning of this opportunity. The more people get into this world of digital transaction management and signing electronically, the more you want to do it. You sort of feel dirty when you sign manually, when you've got to pick up a pen and sign a document. It just doesn't feel right anymore. So, so that's what DocuSign is all about. It's about creating that sort of value for the customer, for the company, and for the individual. Thank you. Brian Evley, let's quickly go to you at EY. What's your position on e-signatures before we dive into our roundtable? Brian? Yeah, really, it kind of reiterates that, is that it's really a center part of the, the experience that we want folks to have with us, um, especially during the application and the employment experience, because, again, it's moving into, you know, it's simpler, it's easier, it's what people want. And on the flip side, from a business perspective, it gives us really the, the level of information that we need much easier, much faster. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a lot less issues going around. And, you know, to the end, too, it actually saves money, which is a great thing. Um, you know, maybe that's not always the driving force for some of the things we do, but it does. It's less paper. It's less mailing things around. And let's mm-hmm. face it, they get lost. Everyone hates that. Yeah, you know, where did we put that right. paper? Did I send it in? And there's a lot of people, I'm assuming, and there's a lot of people like me, too. I don't own a printer. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to print something off and then try to figure out a way to mail it back home and mail it back to a company or anyone else. Um, so it's really just making sure you know, it continues to evolve, too, in that experience. There's a lot more applications, you know, after we go forward, if you think about everything that you have to sign in one form or another. Uh, and the greatest part is, too, it's not just the signature, but it's all the, the information behind it that allows you to know instantly that, yes, somebody just signed and they accepted our offer. I'll know instantly. I don't have to call them, email them, wait for a FedEx package or anything else. Um, it, it really is kind of fun, and that's that's our focus is, we want this to be an ease of use. We want the experience to be good, and we want to then continue that experience throughout there uh, any time that we have with these people. Thank you, Brian. And Michael Gray, your thoughts on e-signature before we do our deep dive. Talk to me. So actually, we've, we know everybody, every company has got business processes with tons and tons and tons of paper attached to it. And really what we're, what we're trying to help our customers do is reduce those costs, uh, improve the experience, the usability, uh, give that traceability. It doesn't matter what the business process is. There's always a step in there where somebody needs to physically initial sign, check off, uh, approve, validate some document in that business process. And really, when we think about simplifying uh, a business, simplifying people's lives, and I think Ultimately, this is what this all comes down to. Every story is mm-hmm. talked about how us as individuals, as consumers, we're attracted to technology that makes our life uh, simple, makes our life, um, I, for lack of description, modern and cool, right? Mm-hmm. We like that type of technology that uh, when we interact with it, the experience or the feeling that we get, I think it's kind of like shopping, right? Why do you go shopping? It kicks off the endorphins. I think any 
process that you have uh, experience on in the past that was complex, long, difficult, and you change that to simple, clean, transparent, you get the same experience. You get the, wow, that was cool. I enjoyed that. I liked that. And on top of that, the businesses get all that uh, visibility and traceability. So really for us, you know, we think about electronic signature for companies today. It really is that total transformation of any process that's got a document attached to it. Thank you very much, three of you. We don't usually do that part, but I just wanted to get those POVs up there and talk a little bit about what you're, you are doing professionally. Now, Mark Register, let's look at your notes you sent me before the show. We got plenty of time. I'm going to read a statement. I want you to expand it. Why don't we keep this to two minutes a piece around the table so we can cover a lot of territory? You say the sheer volume of paper transactions that exist today, and I would parenthetically add to that, Mark Register, still Damn it. Okay. I talked about paperless society. We were supposed to have at least tw- almost 20 years ago. Uh, combined with the need for increased security and compliance, sustainability, and what we've been talking about, the improved customer experience, make something called digital transaction management a must-do for any organization. So at the generic level, how does a company do this, Mark? Why don't you tell us what this means, and then we will have Brian and Michael chime in. Go ahead, Mark Register. Well, if you think about it from the, the, the company's customer base, um, and you, you think about a basic contract, you know, a contract type uh, agreement that, that is uh, between two businesses, the way that it used to be done before on paper was exactly how you described. Someone would create a contract and go through all of the process, they'd print that contract out, they would have someone in their organization sign it, they may have to have three people check it on the way through. Uh, it then gets put in a uh, FedEx envelope or UPS envelope that gets shipped around, potentially around the world. Someone else signs it. Uh, other people check it. They then send it back. It can take days, weeks, you know, occasionally months. Uh, and there's an enormous amount of that going on every day. Now think about that same business-to-business process and think about that being done electronically. It's not just about the click of the signature. It's also about the fact that you've got to understand where it was signed, who signed it, is it secure, is there information on on uh, sort of the transaction itself, and think about it then from a customer experience in that business. They do that, they understand that it's signed, and it's instant. No matter where you are, I've signed documents on in cars, on uh, trains, in hotel rooms all over the world, and I've done it, and people have known that that is secure, and they also understand when it's done, and it's just a great user experience. Improves the net promoter score for those companies because it's Mm -hmm. a far better experience. And at the end of the day, it's all about that process, the whole process, not just about the signature. It's about the entire process being seamless, straightforward, easy to use, and available when you need it. And so that's the opportunity. Now think about in your own life, in your own business, how many thousands of bits of paper over the course of your career you've dealt with, signed, had to understand, anode, etc. That gives you the scale of the opportunity. And this is why it's a must for any business. So, Mark, before I, I pass this baton over to Brian and Michael, tell us a little bit about how does a company do this? Let's get into a little bit of the guts. How, how do you, uh, without 
without talking, pitching a particular solution, how do you incorporate digital transaction management into your company's processes to benefit all of these stakeholders around everything we've been talking about? What do you actually have to do physically? What's so, the process? So the easiest place to start is to think of a process where you want to improve the experience and, and make savings, just as Brian outlined. Uh, it could be an onboarding. You may have an experience where you're, you're only closing you know, two out of every ten people uh, in an onboarding process, or it may be another area, contractual management. You may be not uh, able to get sales contracts signed before the end of the quarter in time because they're being emailed and faxed around versus being able to do something digitally. So find an opportunity in your business where you want to improve the experience and take time and cost out of the process. And then as part of the company's move towards becoming a digital business, which is mm-hmm. key, you've got to have a mindset that you want to improve the customer and the company's experience. Then usually most, most organizations will find a company like Ernst & Young or one of the other organizations they work with to help them understand how they can then progress putting in place a solution very simply. Um, or at the other end of the spectrum, they can simply go on the website, can order the service, and can start just one-on-one. And we've got customers that go from the very beginnings of that, a sort of a one-on-one individual user experience right the way to the biggest companies in the world uh, working with SAP around improving a particular process. And most of those then start to think about how they spread it from process to process, use case to use case, contracts, onboarding, offboarding, you know, the, the largest number of use cases that I see in North America in one company is about 350, and it's growing at about 25 a quarter where they're finding new things to turn digital using the solutions that we've got. Thank you very much, Mark. Brian Ebley, what do you think about the, the, the possibility or the probability or the need, the must-do, as Mark calls it, for a company to go to switch over to digital transaction management? Is it a difficult ramp-up? It is something that you agree with him one case at a time, one business use case at a time? What, what's the process or what's the experience you would envision for companies that are listening and saying, we really need to do this? Yeah, I mean, I, I do agree. I mean, I think it's, it's you know, it, there's a degree of how fast can you move, but I think it is kind of start with some of the key key processes and, and take advantage of this and, and learn from it, and then you should be able to expand it out actually quite quickly. And a lot of it depends on, you know, uh, your current state. You know, where are you at right now? What are you coming from? How much stuff gets signed and passed around today? Um, and a lot. it also pertains to, you know, where do you have some potential issues already? You know, if you think about data privacy and risk, and risk um, oftentimes when you're asking somebody to sign something, physically sign it, there's a pretty big thing to it. It might be a major contract. It might be an employment agreement. It's generally something that might be even legally required. Um, so take a look at, too, like, you know, where do you have the biggest risk, ex- risk exposure? And, and take advantage of these types of signatures. Um, we've all been there in a place where, you know, you've had to sign something. And maybe you're the fourth signature. And by the time you get it, and it's been faxed, scanned, pictures, and every other type of imaginable way that it's been moved around the world, you can't even read it. You know, the document is almost like it looks like an ink spill more than an actual formalized document. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these things actually do create risk exposure to companies as well. 
so there's, you know, it, it does help obviously with the experience. We, we've talked a lot about that, but I think there's also some other intrinsic things too that when you look at evaluating and starting your journey in this, you know, look at some of those too where it's like, hey, you know, this, this could or has actually caused us risk, um, regulatory issues or things like that when we really couldn't produce the supporting documentation that's required here. Um, and again, it goes back to the experience too. You, you make that experience better for everybody. It's clear what the, what is being signed. They have it easily for their records. You have a great traceability um, of what was signed by who, when, uh, and you can easily store that and retrieve that and get to that information. And then you just keep expanding that, you know, within your processes. And over time, I mean, it, it should just be an organic thing that that's how you do things. Um, it's not a transformation anymore after you've kind of gotten it through, a, you know, a few of these processes. It's just your way of working. And I think that's the key thing is when you can get it to that point, that's when you're truly been successful. Where this is just how we do business. I'm not going to send, you know, there, there aren't people still printing out paper and asking mm-hmm. you to sign things or faxing it and all those other wonderful things that we do these days. Brian, I'm going to ask you a question before I bring Michael Gray into this. Where does the, the impetus for this come from? Does it come from management listening to a show like this? Does it come from a consumer goes to a company? I, th- I think one of you mentioned in the opening, people won't want to do business with you if they still have to sign. We are a nation of pick up the pen and sign, damn it, over and over and over again. Will it come from the consumer side? Will it come from the employee side? Will it come from the job candidate side? Will it come from middle management, senior management? Where do you see the, the impetus for this? digital transfer this type of digital transformation who's going to be the loudest voice saying we need it now any thoughts uh, yeah i mean firstly i i see it from the consumer or the applicants and things like that becoming the biggest voice not the only voice but the biggest voice and the reason is is that they're the ones who vote with their with their money um or the skills or the talent that they bring uh you know if if you're not meeting their needs they're not going to buy your product um if if you're the experience that you've created during an onboarding or recruiting process isn't very good, and they think, well, you're kind of behind the times, they're not going to come work for you. Uh, and people are going to recognize that and see, you know, we are losing customers, we are losing, you know, qualified applicants for skills that we need, uh, those types of things. And that's where the loud voice is going to come. And then, obviously, you know, you need then the managerial support, et cetera, to, to execute on that. But I see that as where the voice is coming in our, you know, in today's world as, as we move more to digital. Uh, it really is kind of those areas with the loudest voice. And, and like I said, sometimes it's not their direct voice. It's the fact that they're not going to you. You know, they're not signing mm-hmm. on to, to work for your company. They're, they're not buying your product because you didn't give them the experience that they wanted, that they expected. Um, and that's, that, that's how that voice is heard, I think, the loudest. Thank you. Very interesting. Let's continue to talk about the voices, hearing voices. Let's go to Michael Gray at SAP. Michael, where is this coming from, the push for this, inside, outside? Well, a little bit of both, actually. Um, you know, I, if I could, I'll, just, I'll tell a story of a yeah. good example. It's a little bit different. We've heard some good stories already about uh, the consumer or the candidate. Some of those are kind of obvious use cases that anybody listening gets. But we get, additionally, of those many, many use cases, um, we get a lot driven from needing to go green or to uh, uh, improve a business process that's got something on their 10K that talks about how they're going to reduce carbon emissions or something along those kind of lines. So a good example is uh, we actually have a, candidate, we have a customer who uh, is in the chemicals industry. 
And as you can imagine, when you come as a trucker is bringing chemicals onto the site where the plant is, there is a lot of regulatory paperwork. Does that driver have the right license to be transporting that chemical? Do they have access? Have they already been pre-vetted to come on site because everything's dangerous here? That type of thing. And what they were faced with was these trucks would come to the site and be idling at the site while they had to walk up to the booth, fill out a bunch of paperwork, show their license, show they have the certificates to transport this, this is the right chemical, they're the right carrier, they're on the list, all that type of stuff. Meanwhile, they got trucks literally backed up at the gate. So from their perspective, they saw this as they got a manual process with paper, already don't like it. We got trucks idling, don't like it. And then I got compliance. I need to be able to show that those guys are the right guys to let them on, onto the site. So they are going, and they're going uh, digital to address all three of those. It's kind of outside the box, but you can kind of see how, from a company perspective, they've got many voices who are looking for it, whether it's improving the experience of the drivers, uh, improving the compliance traceability and record keeping and all that, and uh, reducing carbon emissions by not having trucks idling at their gate for uh, long periods of time. Whatever that happens to be, in some of these cases, you're able to check off a lot of those boxes of what your priorities are. But we're definitely seeing customers coming at it from many different ways. So there's the obvious easy, um, which is the purchasing or the consumer or the candidate, someplace where I have to interact daily. Everybody can, can, can picture that. And like you, I don't own a, a printer. Well, I'm sorry, you do. Like some of the other speakers, don't have right. a printer, copy, or scanner. And I'm either traveling or work from home. So for me, that is painful, right? So we all can imagine that. But we're definitely seeing other drivers of it, and, and some of this really is the compliance, uh, the promise of green, those types of things. And you're right, we've been promising paperless for so long it actually hurts at this point. But we're trying. Everybody's trying to get there. We all want to go get there. We know there's a way to get there, but uh, it is, uh, you don't always think about you can remove the paper from every business process. There's, there's ones where it's obvious. There's ones where you've got to step back and say, what's that process look like? Mm-hmm. And, oh, a, a digital transformation could actually address a lot of my needs in this example of just driving a chemical truck onto a plant site. I'm going to give the three of you, before I circle around the table, we'll try to hit a couple more topics. Um, I, I have an interesting use case that may surprise you. I, maybe not, Mark Registered. It might not. Uh, recently had to call an ambulance to help me get a relative up off the floor. She had fallen out of bed. Nothing was broken, thank goodness. But I couldn't lift her. Couldn't lift her. Knees weren't doing well. I had to call an ambulance. This was a, a, a hosp- one of the biggest hospital systems here that's gobbling up all the hospitals, if you know New York. Uh, North Shore Hospital is now Northwell conglomerate and the ambulance arrived they were lovely people they just came in and just very very carefully lifted her up got her on her feet got her back in bed but 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 because we refused transport to the hospital all the vitals were good there was no risk because we refused transport we had to sign a release well guess what the signature was required on an ipad with a stylus 
So the elderly relative, by the way, it's my mom, and she was 100 last week and the day before her birthday. She slipped out of bed, but she's fine. She had to sign from her, safely back in bed, she signed with a stylus a digital signature on the iPad from the, the woman who was in charge of the ambulance team, and then I had to sign as the relative of record on site that we were refusing transport because everything was fine. Now, who would think that a hospital ambulance would have an any e- e- signature? Mark, are you shocked, or are you? Is this something that's very common? What do you think? No, no, I'm not shocked at all because that's that's exactly the sort of example that that we've got in virtually every industry. I mean, you think about that example in healthcare. So that electronic signature now, if it was not just what we would call a scribble sign, which is essentially there's no uh, background, you know, there's a number of very, very small companies out there that just do the the little scribble sign. It's effectively Mm -hmm. like writing with with a pen. There's nothing behind it in terms of data provenance or security or anything else. If it was a true digital transaction management process, now what you've got is you've got a provable electronic signature that happened at a particular time in a particular place, a geolocation based off the iPad, that that hospital knows and that healthcare system knows that that was signed. It also can now become part of the electronic medical record because it can integrate with multiple applications that they have. Now it's a part of the care process. And so we've got that sort of example across multiple industries. Um, insurance, right? So now the healthcare insurer understands that, that um, you denied the, the transportation. Mm-hmm. So that's all part of that process for that hospital. Right. If they wanted to be so and if the data privacy regulations have been implemented in the way that they are in healthcare, I mean, it's a very important space. So. Yes. So it doesn't shock me at all. In fact, that's an example, I think, of where we are heading as a society anyway because people want to make sure that when they are um, committing to something like that, that it is uh, is true, it's in the system, and it's reliable, and you don't have to do it again. So. Very, very well put. Thank you. Let me just go around the panel here. Brian, were you surprised with that? Have you encountered that in the healthcare field? Um I think it's a great use case, but I actually am very surprised um, that, that they were that far in advance, especially not even at the hospital. You know, you're talking yeah. a, mobile, a mobile unit, essentially. And uh, part of the reason is, is, unfortunately, over the last about 14 months, uh, due to a, a rather unfortunate soccer injury, I've spent a lot of time in our health industry um, oh. as a consumer, uh, filling out mountains of paperwork, often mailing them and things of that sort, signing your life away before surgeries and, and after and I think it is a great, you know, use case, especially picking up on the medical records. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times I had to tell my insurer exactly what happened. Um, and then, you know, after going to a, a doctor that I had to tell and go through all this, you know, multiple, multiple times, you know, having that as a record, you know, digitally, uh, you know, share, hopefully shareable, et cetera, but secure and, and knowing that it was me and things of that sort would make the, the whole process, which is not a fun process. I mean, you know, no. when you're going through these medical issues, the last thing you want to be thinking about is paper um, and, and then filling yeah. out another form. We've all been there. I mean, you sit, you know, the first thing you do when you go to a doctor's office nine times out of ten is fill out a bunch of forms and sign your life away. Uh, oh, yeah. So I think it's an awesome use case. I wish maybe maybe I should go to a different hospital next time. I didn't, didn't <laughs> if I have any injuries, I'll go out to New York City next time. But 
Um, I, I do really think it's it's fantastic that that they were able to do that, and and hopefully you know this is where, like you said, I know it's where we're going, and it's just a matter of hopefully we can get there a lot faster. Yep, it certainly is. I, we're, we're at our crystal ball predictions round, but Mr. Michael Gray, I want to give you a chance to just make a quick comment. Are you familiar with that use case, and what do you think of it, real fast? Well, uh, luckily for me, I have not had to be in the medical system, in the, <laughs> so knock on wood, I haven't had that experience. I am a little bit jaded in that looking for these types of use cases is what I do every day. So surprise, mm-hmm. no, but at the same time, uh, definitely the medical industry, big area to see electronic signature for improving those processes and adding that level of traceability that Mark talked about. Thank you very much. Guess what? Crystal ball predictions round. I'm going to give you each 60 seconds, and I mean 60 seconds. I'm going to tell Kevin, my engineer, to time you. Kevin, give them a virtual blue light and play the, the acceptance music at the Oscars if they go overboard. Mark, register, DocuSign. I want you to tell me, let's look at 2020. I warned you on our prep call that I'm kind of keen on it because as somebody told me recently, it's only three New Year's Eves away. Whether you're having a jazzed up flat white or not, you can start planning your drink for then. So 2020. What will be different about the world and document management, transaction systems, and e-signatures? How far will we have come? Anything you want to talk about with that perspective in mind? Mark, register 60 seconds. Go. I think that by 2020, it's going to be a far more acceptable way. In fact, I'm sure that customers and businesses are going to be demanding the use of secure digital transaction management, electronic signature with that, with that data provenance behind it. Because signing something on your mobile device, signing something, as you just said, on your iPad, understanding that that same process is able to be securely stored, is able to interact with different systems so that you don't have to do the same thing over and over and over again, it's going to be an expectation. And the opportunity is for it to then become a global expectation. So as this spreads, it'll spread through North America and Europe, as it's doing at the moment. But we've signed in over 188 countries. So this is going to become even more of an expectation for all workers and, quite frankly, I think all consumers. So that's my, uh, my 2020 prediction. Thank you very much. Let's turn to Brian Ebley in UK at EY. Brian, prediction, 60 seconds. It's all yours. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree that I think this is obviously going to continue to grow, and I think it'll start to become more of the norm than the exception. Uh, the one thing I would say, though, and especially in a lot of the areas where this is pertinent uh, for us, by 2020, I still see that a lot of the governments and regulatory agencies are, are behind the times, um, and that you know we'll be probably trying to push them uh, into more of using this as an acceptable alternative to ink signatures on paper forms. There's been some headway there, but I still think that they'll probably, unfortunately, we won't be our paperless society, as was promised many, many, many moons ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we'll definitely start to really make the headway. And for a lot of the consumer-type transactions, this will be the norm of of doing things, Uh, as opposed to, like I said, right now, it's sometimes more of the exception that that you would like to do, but you don't always have the capabilities to do. Uh, but I do think that you know by 2020, probably still won't have gotten over all of the hurdles of, of clearing this as uh, the way of doing business in, in every aspect, especially when it comes into some of the regulatory and government areas. Okay, thank you very much, Michael Gray. I saved exactly 60 seconds for you. Do it. Well, for those of you who are waiting for our machine overlords to rise up and take over, <laughs> the 2020 is going to be all about digital transformation with regards to machine learning, artificial intelligence, 
those types of uh, technologies are transforming businesses, transforming our world at such a rate right now, you, you almost can't imagine what it's going to be like in 2020, other than possibly the machines are running the world. Ah, that's another <laughs> conversation. That certainly is. Pam, you just got an interesting topic for a future show. I want to thank Mark Register at DocuSign, Brian Ebley at EY, Michael Gray at SAP. Nice panel, nice people, very smart. Thanks for your insights on e-signatures. We covered, I think, a huge, I hate to use the phrase ball of wax, but I'm going to use it in terms of all of the implications and the impact of going for digital signatures. Signatures down with printing that paper. Hey, guys, if you want to come to New York, I'll share a flat white with you and you can use my printer, Brian, once in a while and and just stay out of the hospital. It's fine. Okay, I want to thank Kevin, our engineer, for today. I want to do another shout-out to Pamela Dunn and Roizen Monahan at SAP, who are the sponsors of this series. We're delighted to have you on board this year for the Game Changers family of radio shows here on the Business Channel. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and here is my call to action. i got to do it fast. Here we go. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Maybe we'll digitally sign for designer seatbelts, a different one every time we change cars. Wouldn't that be great? Anyway, go out and be a game changer today. Like Mark Register, like Brian Ebley, like Michael Gray, like Pam Dunn. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Partnerships, Changing the Game for Digital Transformation, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on Tuesdays on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.